0: Check this out, uh, every year, apparently Orson and Jeanette go to the air show here in Vegas, right guys? Just agree, you work with me, thank you. Okay, and every single year, apparently, Orson looks over to Jeanette at the air show and he says, you know, Jeanette, he says, I- I'd like to ride in that their airplane. But every single year, Jeanette says, I know Orson, I know. But that airplane ride costs $10 and $10 is $10. Well, this one year, apparently recently, uh, Orson and Jeanette, they go to the air show again. And again, Jean, uh, Orson says to Jeanette, listen, Jeanette, I'm getting older. And if I don't ride in that airplane this year, I may never get another chance. And so Jeanette replied, Orson, that their airplane ride costs $10 and $10 is $10. Well, the pilot, he overheard this, Pastor Jim, and he said to them, he says, hey, listen, I'll tell you what, guys, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I'll take you both up for a ride. And if you can both stay quiet for the entire ride and not say one word, I will not charge you. But if you say a word, it's $10. So Orson and Jeanette, they agreed and they go up in the airplane there. And, and so Al, the pilot, man, he's, he's doing all kinds of twists and these turns and these rolls and these dives, and, but not a word is heard. And then he does all his tricks all over again. And, but still he doesn't hear a single word. And so finally they land and the pilot, he turns over to Orson, he says, my goodness. He said, I did everything I could think of to get you to yell out, but you didn't. And Orson replied, well, I was going to say something when Jeanette fell out, but $10 is $10. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now, folks, let's be honest here at sunrise this morning. Uh, that's kind of a little bit of surprising behavior from Orson, if you know him. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And I know times are tight and all. And, but man, Jeanette, she makes great cookies, Orson. Uh, I give her at least 20 bucks before she fell out. No, seriously, I'm just kidding because I want those cookies to keep coming. But seriously, folks, did you know the Bible says one day there's a surprising day coming to the whole planet? Listen, when people really are going to be falling all over the place, but it's not due to an airplane ride. It's due to an event called the rapture of the church. And the reason why it's gonna be such a surprising time is because for those who refuse, continue to refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the Bible is clear. They are gonna be catapulted into the seven year tribulation and that is not a joke. The Bible says it is an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus said in Matthew 24, it's going to be a time of greater horror than anything this planet has ever seen or will ever see again. And that unless God was merciful and shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. Okay, but praise God, God's not just a God of wrath, which isn't bad. He's going to put an end to the evil and suffering we see today. Isn't that good news? okay? But he's a God of love as well, and praise God he is. And because he loves you and I, he's given us so many warning signs in the scripture to show us when the tribulation was near. We don't know the day nor the hour, but he gives us a heads up when it's getting close, and also when it's getting close for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Therefore, in order to keep you and I here at sunrise from being left behind, uh, the ultimate bad day, even worse apparently than Plain ride with Orson, uh, we're gonna continue our study, that's right, called The Final Countdown. Okay, The Final Countdown. Now, if you've been tracking with this in this study, that's right, how many guys got all my sermons memorized besides John? <laughs> yes, praise God, because I don't now have to preach online next week. Uh, that's right, so far we've already seen the number 10 sign on The Final Countdown was? Jewish people, that's right. Number nine sign was modern technology. Number eight was worldwide upheaval. Number seven was the rise of falsehood. Number six, the rise of wickedness. And the last six times, if you recall, okay, the fifth sign was the rise of apostasy. And what we saw is God lovingly foretold you and I, when we see not only the world going down the tubes, that's the rise of wickedness, that's happening today, but also when you see the church going down the tubes. Unfortunately, that's really what's gonna happen. And it's happening right now today all over the world. And we saw it's due to a massive flooding of phony baloney believers in the church, greedy believers in the church, worldly believers in the church, occultic believers in the church, and last time a bunch of deadly believers in the church, i.e. those who are dead, fake, phony Christians. And what we saw last time, this is due to the lies of the liberal Christianity movement, which is not Christianity, it's only a name only, and it's tricking people into thinking that they're Christians when they're not. They are fake, they are dead, they are phony, listen, and they're taking over the church now with their so-called new and improved services, their new and improved scripture, which is blasphemy, if you remember that one, and their new and improved savior, which is not the real Jesus, and that's exactly what the Bible said is going to happen to the church when you were living in the last days. But that's not all the four signs on the final countdown. Al, I'm still preaching, so guess what? There's got to be more. That's right, Al. There's got to be more, and there is. The number four sign that God has given us on the final countdown to love and he wakes up, and this is what God drew me out of, folks, is the sign of a one-world religion. Are you serious? You mean to tell me that uh, uh, all the planets on the religion one day are going to be under the conglomerate of one man, the Antichrist, headed up by his cohort, his buddy, the false prophet? It's almost like you guys have been reading your Bible. But that's right. For those of you who don't know that, uh, let's just do just that. Open your Bibles to Revelation 13. clearly talks about this repeatedly in just this one passage. Revelation 13, verses 3 through 9 is going to be our opening text. If you find the dictionary, what do you do? Hang a left. That's right. And, uh, but uh, Revelation 13, obviously we're dealing with the issue of the Antichrist. Okay, The Antichrist, the beast out of the sea. Revelation 13 Verses three through nine, when you're there, ready to go, say moo. moo. Ah, that's music to my ears. I can almost close in prayer, but I got too much to go, Dario. Okay, but anyway, that's right. Uh, Revelation 13, let's start with verse three, speaking of the Antichrist. Now, one of the heads of the beast, the Antichrist, seemed to have this fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. Now, the whole world, notice the whole context here is it's the whole world. Let's say that whole world man you guys are great today this is great okay it's it's not a localized event this is the whole planet is what we're talking about the whole world uh, was astonished and they followed the beast now listen men what's the word there worshiped and uh, the dragon that's satan because he had given authority to the beast or antichrist and they also what's the word there worship the beast the antichrist and they said man who is like the beast who can make war against him And the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. And he even opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. And he was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over, listen, every tribe, people, language, and nation. It's the whole world. And in case you don't get that, keep reading. All inhabitants of what? The earth will what? Worship the beast, Antichrist, all whose names have not been written in the book of life. What's that mean? You ain't doing that if you're a Christian. Okay, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. I love this, you gotta end on this one. He who has an ear, let him hear. How many of you guys got an ear today? (laughs) Praise God you can qualify to fulfill this passage of Bible prophecy, okay? In other words, the Bible is saying this, you need to pay attention. Turn to somebody and say, hey, wake up, pay attention. Okay, that's what the Bible is telling you and I today. Why? Because according to our text, the Bible clearly says, and this is just one passage, that there really is coming a day when all the inhabitants of the earth, every tribe, people, language, and nation are going to be busy worshiping who? Satan and the Antichrist, right? It says it right there. Okay, one day the Bible says the whole world is going to be unified into this one world religion that's actually satanically inspired. Okay, but that's the question. That was written about 2000 years ago. That's the question for you and I today. Could this really happen? Could the whole world, not a section of the world, could the whole world really be deceived into creating this one world religion that the Antichrist apparently at some time is gonna hijack and take over halfway into the seven year tribulation and say, now worship me, I am God, in the rebuilt Jewish temple. Okay, and is there any signs that it's gonna take place anytime soon? Good question, JR. Yes, there is, folks, and it's happening, believe it or not, right now, before our very eyes, slowly but methodically, and they're just about ready to pull it off. Okay, and the first way that we know that, that we're headed very soon for this one world religion on the planet, folks, is due to this new attitude that's cropped on the planet. And I call it the attitude of welcoming all faiths. Huh? Isn't that everywhere? Hollywood, the educational system, the media, the whole million yards. What I'm talking about, folks, write this word down, is the interfaith movement. I-N-T-E-R, faith, interfaith movement. Movement, okay, is what we're gonna deal with today, okay? And the reason why this is important because you gotta put yourself, if you will, into the Antichrist shoes, okay? If you are going to deceive people into creating this one world religion on the whole planet, then you have to first get rid of any sense of one religion being superior or better than another, right? Because they all gotta come together, okay? And this is precisely what the interfaith movement has done. Okay, the term interfaith, by the way, is the new buzzword, okay, with one world religion. They do this all the time in the occult, okay? Uh, you, you don't want to say new world order, that's pretty obvious. So they say global governance is the new terminology. You don't want to say, yes, we're marching towards a one world religion under the antichrist. No, it's too obvious. You need to be an interfaith person. Interfaith or interfaithism is the new buzzword. Whenever you see that, even today, On a bumper sticker, in the news, in in print, wherever it is, interfaith or interfaithism, supplant it for what it is. It means this, we are forming a one-world religion. That's what the whole movement means and its purpose. The promoters of this interfaith movement would have you and I believe that all religions are valid pathways to God. In other words, all roads, no matter what the belief is, get you there. How many guys heard that? It's one of the most popular lies uh, being perpetrated on you and I. And so what they say, well, therefore, Therefore, there's no need to argue and fight with each other, right? We just need to respect. Here's the word we'll see next week. We need to tolerate one another. We just need to find common ground. We've got to work together as religions on the planet to save Mother Earth and keep humanity from destroying itself. Have you heard that? Or this one, in light of the terrorist attacks on September 11th, they say this thing. They say, well, after all, don't you guys know that religious differences are the major cause of war and so we have to put them all aside and come together as one? We're gonna expose that myth as well in just a little bit. Religion is not the major cause of war, okay? But this is what the interfaith or interfaithism teaches and as you can tell, it is diametrically opposed to true biblical Christianity, okay? But here's how they suck people in, because granted, on the surface, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Can't we all just get along, right? I mean, it's it's, it's definitely politically correct, but as far as the Bible's concerned, there is no such thing as an interfaith person, okay? In fact, if you say that you're an interfaith Christian, you are actually an oxymoron, and the reason why, because to their own definition, listen, Jesus was apparently the most intolerant, bigoted person who ever lived, right? because this is the one that sticks in their crawl. John 14, six, Jesus said this, I didn't, okay? John 14, six, Jesus says, I am the way, not a way, he's it, he is, uh, 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 and the truth. Not one of the many truths out there, I'll get you there, no, he's it. And he says, I am the life, that's it. There is no other life, there is no other way, this is it. And in case you don't get it, he says this, oh, by the way, no one, No one comes to the Father, i.e. gets to heaven, except through who? Jesus. Jesus. Now, here's the problem with this whole thing. According to our society's definition of interfaith, the interfaith movement, you cannot make a more intolerant statement than what I just read. It's the most intolerant statement today. They will not put up with it. Okay? But, folks, that came from the lips of Jesus. How do you get around it? And I seriously don't recommend that you call him a religious bigot either okay but this is what interfaith teaches now listen therefore if you're going to be an interfaith person you have to deny what we just read you have to deny this core issue of what jesus said in essence not only call him a liar but you have to say he's wrong he's not the only way to heaven all religions are valid pathways we just need to come together as one and again can i tell you something as we just saw in our text you cannot do that as a genuine born-again christian You cannot do that as a genuine born-again Christian. But you might be thinking this morning, come on, Pastor Billy. (laughs) This is crazy, man. I mean, we're a Christian nation. There's no way people are going to pull this interfaith movement off and create this one-world religion. I mean, maybe some other country, but not here in America. Nobody's going to fall for this. You guys know where I'm going, don't you? Sarcasm to make a point. Yes, we are. The first proof, folks, that we really are headed for a one-world religion, unfortunately, even here in the United States, is the chronological proof. The chronological proof. Folks, see, this is what most people don't realize. This is stuff that I was involved in before I got saved. It's still marching towards. We are distracted. We're worried about the economy. We're worried about entertainment. We're worried about anything, everything, but what these guys are doing behind the scenes. And they're preparing us for this one world religion, okay? The Bible says it's not only going to be put into place, okay? It, it, but what people don't realize, it's been in the planning stages for a long time. Step by step, slowly, methodically. And I wanna share with you just some highlights. I can't do everything. Just some highlights to prove these guys are marching towards a chronological plan. And they're about ready to pull it off. Let's take a look at how they're doing it. 1893 was the watershed event. If you know anything about our history or just one world religion, uh, first world parliament of religions held. All the religions came together on the planet. We've got to work together. That was back in 1893. 1930, you had the birth of the World Congress of Faith. 1948 was the World Council of Churches. It says churches, but it's not Christian. Don't get duped in that. Okay? Okay. And they were formed to start sucking in the church into this line. 1970, you had the World Conference of Religions for Peace was started. In 74, you had their next conference. 79, you had your third conference. 84, you had their fourth conference. 86, in a little bit, Lord willing, you're gonna see this actual video clip. This is freaky, folks. 1986, the Vatican calls for a meeting of all the religions on the planet to come and pray for world peace. You're going to see that with your own eyes in just a little bit. 1989, the Fifth World Conference of Religions for Peace was held. 1993, the Second World Parliament of Religions was held. That's the 100th year anniversary from 1893. And it was the largest gathering of religious leaders in history. They're all coming together uh, as one. 1993, you have the Declaration of Global Ethic. It's a new set of commandments that they come together for all of us to obey. Lord Woolen, we'll get to that. Next week they've they've rewritten it 1994. You had the sixth World Conference of Religions for Peace 97 You had a charter written for the United Religions organization as you're gonna see in a little bit just like the United Nations functions as uh, People of all different nations come together to govern the nations around the world They are now working at promoting a United Nations of religions where all the religions have their headquarters and they will dictate the religions on the planet. The charter was signed for that in 97, 99 you had the seventh World Conference of Religions for Peace and in 2000, they signed it. They came up with the charter, the United Religions Organization charter was signed by most of the world's religions were on board. This is a great idea. Uh, 2000 you had the World Peace Summit of religious and spiritual leaders, okay? Now, just as a side note here, you need to realize, uh, notice how we started out, it was a few decades in between, but. After 2000, it was like a watershed event. You're gonna see this thing take off like a rocket. They are doing tons of things every single year. But in 2000, you had the World Peace Summit of Religious and Spiritual Leaders signing the commitment to global peace and the creation of what? A World Council of Religions. I actually found the video from 2000. Check this out, man, this is pretty creepy. Let's take a look. The
1: United Nations are pursuing the development of a one world religious organization. Today, on the United Nations 55th anniversary, CBN News reporter Wendy Griffith takes a look at what's behind this push for a global religious voice.
2: After a while, the drums, chants and prayers representing many of the world's leading religions all started to sound alike, somehow losing their flavor in a melting pot of spiritual soup. The first ever Millennium World Peace Summit of religious and spiritual leaders took place at the United Nations in August and some believe it marked the first major step toward a movement to usher in a global spiritual body that may one day speak for all religions. Robert McGinnis with the Family Research Council says it appears the hidden agenda is to unite people under one religious organization so they will peacefully accept UN goals such as population control abortion rights and one world government. Instead of all these different gods maybe there's one God who manifest himself and revealed himself in different ways to different people. You know, what about that, huh? CNN founder and billionaire Ted Turner was the honorary chair of the World Religion Summit. Turner, known for his critical views on biblical Christianity, promoted the New Age concept that there are many ways to heaven. The thing that disturbed me is that uh, my religious Christian sect uh, was very intolerant, not intolerant of religious freedom for other people, but uh, we thought we were—they the, thought that we were the only ones going to heaven. Supporters well, of a global religious voice have come down hard on evangelical Christians who refuse to adopt their New Age agenda.
0: Now notice what it is that they're bucking against. Can anybody quote the verse? john 14 6 they're bucking at that and notice how they're already prepping this is back in 2000 folks that they're already saying that uh, evangelical christians guess who's going to be the bad guy and we're not making this up we're just quoting bible we're just quoting the words of jesus but we're going to become the new antagonist we'll get to that lord willing, in a few weeks 2001 you had the world conference on the preservation of religious diversity 2002 the vatican calls for another meeting of all religions to come and pray for peace and to overcome conflict 2002 you had the first meeting of the world council of religions so they Did the charter, signed it up, got it kickstarted. Here's their first meeting. You also had the World Conference of Women and Religious and Spiritual Leaders. You need to understand, they've been working for over a decade at working at the women's groups and feminism and things of that nature, as well as the youth. They're going hard after the youth. They've been doing that for the last generation. Why? Because guess who's coming into power now? And they've been educated and promoted and brainwashed into this lie of a one world religion. 2002, the World Peace Summit established by the World Conference for the Religions of Peace. 2003, you had the Second World Peace Summit. You also had the Pope committing the peace of the world to Mary. Excuse me, that only comes from Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace and ain't going to happen through Mary. I'm sorry. Uh, 2003, the Pope urges unity against violence among the world's religions. You also had the interreligious Tribute. How many you guys remember this? On behalf of Mother Teresa, all the religions coming together and... Okay, Uh, to uh, the Third World Peace Summit in 2004, you also had the Vatican then hosted an interfaith conference. They're all coming together, let's all worship. Very interesting, Uh, in 2004. Uh, The Pope also said in four, uh, religions must unite for peace. 2005, the fourth World Peace Summit, the World Council of Churches asked the Pope for renewed commitment to ecumenicalism. We need your help. We gotta suck the churches into this. Okay, what's going on? 2005, the Global Day of Prayer unites diverse churches. Now listen, this is not on a section of the world. Listen to the terminology of these meetings. It's what? World, globe, it's the whole planet, right now, as we sit here, is going along with this lie. 2005, the Vatican promotes unity at World Missions Conference. 2006, the Eighth World Conference of Religions for Peace. 2006, the Pope encourages more interreligious prayer meetings. All come together and pray. Uh, Fifth World Peace Summit, and the world religions unite over global warming. We'll expose that lie in just a second and why. The second global day of prayer in 2006, the Pope and the Dalai Lama in 2006 herald peace between Catholics, Buddhists, and Hindus. All coming together, a big major watershed event apparently for them. And then also the popes praying in a Muslim mosque was a new horizon in interfaith. There's that word again, folks, one world religion. Six World Peace Summit in 2007. You had the Interfaith Council established for Jerusalem. What's going on with that? Well, you need some sort of headquarters to do your new religion and that's, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, third Global Day of Prayer also, the groups in U.S. declared that all paths lead to God. They finally started sucking the churches into it. And the ch- How many guys have heard that? Okay, and it's in the church, folks. Okay, this is their methodology. World Council of Churches encourages different religions to unify in diversity. The seventh World Peace Summit in 2008. World Council of Churches and the Pope Seep Cooperation sucked the church into it even more, is what they were doing. Uh, The Pope in 2008 meets with Jewish, Islamic, Buddhist, Jain, Hindu leaders in Washington, here in the United States promoting that lie again. The fourth global day of prayer in 2008, Oprah Winfrey, she's been there for a while, but she began openly promoting new age thoughts, one world religion ideals, specifically saying that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. You're gonna see that video clip, Lord willing, in a little bit. Okay, and in 2008, Tony Blair, he didn't go away. Here's what he did after he resigned from, uh, stopped being the uh, prime minister of England. He launched his faith foundation to help unite the world's religions, as he admits in this video. Let's take a look. talk about
3: this faith foundation, the idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, paraphrase is basically to bring people of different faiths together to so- solve global problems like poverty. Given the fact that so many conflicts in this world have been based on religion, how do you feel that religion now brings, can bring people together in this? Critical time. Well, it's a good point. I mean it's precisely the reason for having the foundation. I mean, in my view, what happens in the modern world is that everyone's been pushed closer together. That's what globalization is doing. The world becomes a smaller place. Religion, if it becomes a means of pulling people apart and dividing people, can become then a source of conflict. I'd like religion and religious faith, people of different faiths, to work together in peaceful coexistence and make religion a source of of reconciliation and a source of peace a- and to talk to one another what we've got to do both in our foreign policy but also in things like this faith foundation trying to bring people muslims christians jews other religious faiths together we've got to create the circumstances in which those people that believe in a modern future for that region succeed and those people who are the extremists are put into retreat
0: now, Did you catch that those people who can go on with modern Uh, religion, modern ideals, i.e. a one-world government, we're going to promote, we're going to help you out. But those who disagree, we're going to put you into retreat. Can I tell you what that means? Let me translate that for you. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. Persecution. It's coming. Now notice, listen, this is not talking just religion. This is a governmental figure. And this is a whole nother point. The Bible clearly talks about this. The woman who rides the beast, the one world religion, is gonna ride the Antichrist, the government. So you're gonna see the governments of the world combined with a one world religion. And that's what you see, who is pushing this movement as well. 2009, you had the World Parliament of Religions. It was in Melbourne, Australia. Up to 8,000 people of various faiths participated on discussions on climate change, we'll get to that in a second, and the eradication of poverty. 2010, Tony Blair begins to court Pastor Rick Warren and enlist his help in uniting the world's religions. 2010, you had interfaith meetings in Manhattan, twice a month being held by Christian, Jewish, Muslim, religious leaders, supported by the Obama White House, which has identified interfaith work as a public policy goal. This is lumped into also with the homosexual movement, and it's all about supposed freedom, and it's all combining but that's one of their major public goals uh, in the the current administration 2010 you had the g8 world religion summit where among other things only can only highlight a couple of things they lit a sacred fire uh and participants were told quote mother earth needs to hear that we love her and they offered up to her a prayer of gratitude and they performed certain rituals to quote invoke the spirits that's demons and to encourage listen what is it that the demons are getting them to choke at the specific thing they called out that there is not only one way there is what Many ways, they're choking at John fourteen six 2011, another global day of prayer, another world peace summit. And then uh, 2012, you had Rick Warren begin promoting what he calls the King's Way. And it's an attempt to bring evangelical Christians and Muslims together in his overall, it's called the Peace Plan. You can check it out. I'm not making this up, folks. The document was produced that stressed, amongst other things, a couple points of agreement between the two faiths, Muslims and evangelical Christianity, including the belief in one God. There's no common ground there. I'm sorry, with all due respect, Allah is not the same as the one and only God of the Bible. You cannot say that that's a point of agreement. Okay, I'm sorry. And it's also called, this document, for the sharing of their faith with one another, listen, but not for the purpose of conversion. So you shake the Muslim's hand and say hi, as they go to hell? What? What did you just accomplish? That's not what we're called to do. I'm sorry, I disagree. 2012, a global charter of conscience was drafted by 50 international academics, politicians, NGO leaders, uh, representing various faiths to, quote, live together in peace with their religious differences. And in 2012, the Pope begins to urge now, religions have got to root out fundamentalism. In the past, it was, come on, we all gotta work together, pray together, sing together. Uh, Oh, by the way, these people who still aren't going along with it, fundamental, guess what? Christians. Christians. Now he's saying, now go get them, uh, eradicate. And then finally, folks, if you saw this in the news, this is wild, the Vatican calls for the establishment of a one world government and a new world order that will quote, serve the common good of the human family and to be a moral force and that has the power to what? Influence, can I translate that for you? Make you do it or we're gonna take action against you if you don't. Folks, that's not everything, I can only hit the highlights and we gotta move on to my next point, hello, okay? Uh, but when you take a look at the facts and you take a look at the time sign, I don't know about you, but I'm saying this is a different time we're living in. You know, people say, oh, come on, you Christians have been saying this for how many decades? And well, nothing ever, ch-. excuse me? You take a look at the timeline and it's escalating exponentially. It's growing faster and faster every year. They are very serious about this one world religion. It's almost to me, Al, like they're following some sort of chronological plan or something. And they're about that close to pulling it off. How about you? But that's not all. The second proof that we know we're headed for a one world religion real soon is what I call the coercive proof. The coercive proof, okay? You see, they got some backup plans going on, okay? Just in case you and I voluntarily don't decide to become politically correct and definitely popular like the rest of the world and go along with this interfaith movement, okay? They got a backup plan to make you and I go along with it, to make us go on to it. And what they're doing is they're coercing us into this lie with the classic tactics of fear and manipulation. Let me share some popular ones with you, okay? I mean, haven't you guys heard? I mean, if we don't go along with this one world religion, the planet is going to blow up, right? We have got to put our religious differences aside in order to save Mother Earth. Haven't you guys heard of the danger of global warming? Folks, it's my proud honor this morning to uh, reveal that lie for what it is. In fact, it's such a big fat lie that's being used to schnook us into a one-world religion, we'll get to that in a second, that even the founder of the Weather Channel admits we're being lied to. Let's take a look at that interview. If a scientist says
3: that temperatures are up 0.01 degree, lead story around the country in every newspaper. But when somebody with decades of experience comes out and says global warming is a manufactured crisis, no one cares, and you can hear a pin drop. How do I know? Because that is exactly what happened last week when the founder of the Weather Channel wrote an article that began, and I quote, It is the greatest scam in history. I'm amazed, appalled, and highly offended by it. Global warming. It is a scam. But since that opinion doesn't fit nicely into the mouth of the media beast, hello NBC, uh, you probably didn't hear a word about it. Well, now you will. John Coleman is the founder of the Weather Channel. He was also the first weatherman ever on Good Morning America, and he is currently weatherman at KUSI News in uh, San Diego. Uh, John, your head about exploded with the NBC thing this week. Is that what, is that
4: was the breaking point for you? Well, I've been listening to all the global warming talk for a long time and posting material about global warming on our website. But finally, uh, the crescendo of global warming myth nonsense exploded in my head and I had to write a real rant and that's the one that got noticed. I put it on our website, it was picked up by icecap.us, picked up by Drudge. First thing you knew it was all over the newspapers, all over the radio, all over the TV sets and i had created a bit of a stir And all I was doing was telling you the truth as best I know it. (laughs) What was the turning point for you? What, Because I know that you said that you went in to look for an honest answer. You thought, maybe it's real. What was the thing that stood out and you went, this is absolutely bogus? Well, when I looked at the hockey stick graph that was produced in Manning's original report, and it showed a steady line temperature through the millenniums, and then a sudden rise global, I knew that that was incorrect. Yeah. I knew it couldn't possibly be and I started asking experts about it and I started digging into how that was produced and I found out it was bogus science it wasn't real the numbers had been massaged the whole thing had been created what bothered me was that the other scientists had accepted it well why did they possibly do that and I think the real answer to that question is that uh, they all have an agenda an environmental and political agenda that said let's pile on here we're all going to make a lot of money, we're going to get research grants, we're going to get awards, we're going to become famous, and I guess that's what happened. Now, there are scientists speaking out. There are hundreds of them speaking out. There are thousands who signed a petition, 19,000 on a, on a petition against global warming. Uh, there are many scientists speaking out, but the mainstream press is totally ignoring them.
0: Now, let me get this straight, 19,000, not 19. 19,000 scientists and the founder of the Weather Channel say that global warming is a manufactured crisis, it's totally bunk, and yet, as he admits, the press continues to ignore it and yet still promote it. Why? Well, folks, I think it's obvious. He said it right there, John Coleman. He said they have an agenda. And yes, I agree with him that part of that agenda is about money and power and manipulation. But listen, I'm telling you that part of that agenda is to become the ultimate excuse to help form this one world religion. You see, you have to have some form of global catastrophe to unite the global religions. And if you don't think it's being used, this lie called global warming, to do that, then let's take a look at that video we saw before about what the environmental movement is doing and the reaction. Of the world's religions. Let's take a look at that. And back
4: in this country, a provocative and timely question in the debate over energy policy What would Jesus drive? This is the centerpiece of a new energy conservation campaign, but some say the gospel has no place in the debate over gasoline. Here's NBC's Don Teague.
1: God saw that it was good.
3: As and TV ad campaigns go, this is something different.
1: Yet too many of the cars, trucks, and SUVs that are made, that we choose to drive, are polluting our air.
3: Not because it carries an environmental message, but because of the audience it targets.
1: So if we love our neighbor, and we cherish God's creation, maybe we should ask, what would Jesus drive?
3: What would Jesus drive, huh? Environmental evangelism. It is the new way to raise awareness about global warming. Our Fox religion correspondent, Lauren Green, joins us with more on that. Good morning. Who's pushing green, Lauren? Why? Hey,
5: well, a lot of people. It really is across the board, theoretically speaking, or religiously speaking. Here are the top green religious people, according to Live Earth. We've got Reverend Joel Hunter. He's a senior pastor at Northland Church in Longwood, Florida. He actually was offered the head of the Christian Coalition, but turned it down. Because because he wanted to focus on issues like poverty and environmental protection. we have got Norman Hobble, he's a theology professor out of Australia. He edited something called the Earth Bible. Then, of course, there's Pope Benedict XVI, and yesterday he issued a statement that said, the people of faith must listen to the voice of the earth or risk-destroying its very existence. We also have the Archbishop of Canterbury, Rome Williams, head of the Anglican Church and of course the Buddhist leader, the Dalai Lama. But one thing you should add to this list is the National Evangelical Association because two years ago it issued a letter to 50,000 members of its churches which means it's 30 million evangelicals saying that we affirm that God-given dominion is a sacred responsibility and that government has an obligation to protect its citizens from the effects of of environmental degradation so it is a big movement all across the board
0: can I translate something for you <laughs> I'm telling you man we are loaded with verbiage today go green hey I'm not saying that nobody's for it. yeah let's let's dump environmental toxic stuff in the river <laughs> nobody's saying that nobody's for that but I'm telling you this has been used as a platform you want to go green let me supplant that for what it is just like interfaith help us form this one world religion They're doing it folks with a manufactured crisis to get all the religions of the planet to come together. And that's exactly what the Bible said would happen in the last days. Now, just a little side note here. It used to be called global warming. Sometimes it is, but now they got a new term. You know what that term is? Climate change. You know why they changed it to climate change? Because they started, these scientists put up such a fight and they proved that the planet is not warming like they're saying with that fake graph. The hockey stick graph, okay, and they didn't want to get caught in the lie anymore, but they want to continue to produce, produce this uh, false global catastrophe to unite the global religion. So they came up with climate change. That's ridiculous. How many guys can figure this out without any help? Every day you get up, the climate changes. <laughs> Where's the crisis? There is no crisis. But they continue on with the lie. And yeah, when you see what it is, it's crazy, and we still buy into it. Okay? But it's being used uh, uh, to to get us to go along with this one world religion. That's just one lie. The second lie, this is a really big one. How many guys have heard this lie? Don't you know we've all got to come together, all the religions on the planet, because religions are the main cause of war? How many guys heard that one? That's a big fat lie. Let me demonstrate why it's a lie. Let's take a look at what is the major cause of wars just in the last hundred years, okay? And this isn't all of them, this is only the ones that made 1.5 million and above deaths. So this is just giving us You tell me what's the major cause of them of wars? Congo Free State 1886 to 1908, you had eight million people died. Why? Colonial uh, control of profit and the power base. Okay, feudal Russia 1900-1917, 3.5 million people died over not religion, political control. Turkish purges, uh, five million people died. Ottoman Empire collapse, political control. First World War 1914 to 1918, 15 million people died. Why? Religion? No, balance of power. Uh, and note, listen, the First World War killed more people than all the religious wars in the past. We could stop right here. And just that one war, folks, 6,000 men a day died, won, uh 1,500 days just in World War I, we could stop right there. Religions are not the major cause of war, but I got another to go. Russian Civil War, nine million people died over political control. Soviet Union, Stalin regime, any estimates from 20 to 45 million people died over political control. Uh, China Nationalist Era, 3 million people died, political control in the beginnings there. Second World War, 55 million people died over the balance of power and expansionism was going on there. The Sino Japanese War, 21 million people died over expansionism. Post World War II German expulsion, Eastern Europe issues, 5 million people died over retributions and Soviet and Eastern Europe uh, control issues. Chinese Civil War, 1945 to 1949, 2.5 million people died over political control. People's Republic of China, Mao Zedong. 1949, 1975, anywhere from 40 to 80 million people. See, people think Hitler did the worst, Uh uh-uh. 40 to 80 million people over religion? No, political control. North Korea regime, 1948, 1.7 to 3 million uh, people died over political control. Korean War. Uh, 2.8 million over political control. Second Indochina War, uh, three to four million people over political control died. Ethiopia, 1.5 million people died, political control. Khmer Rouge, two and a half million over political control. Afghanistan, 1.8 over political control and Soviet expansionism. And just now I gotta stop somewhere. The Kinshasa and Congo, 3.8 million over political control and a battle of the resources. That's what is, when you take a look at the facts, when you do the research, that's the major cause of wars. Well, why in the world will they continue to promote that? Because there's an agenda. Religion is not the major cause of wars. It's the anti God man made agendas. Listen, it's politics that causes wars, the majority of them, not religion. But they're using this lie, just like with global warming, to get you and I to coerce us out of fear and manipulation. Oh, ah, we have to go along with this, or the planet's going to blow up. And it's all a lie. And it's exactly what the Bible said would happen in the last days. One word to go real quick, the third proof, we know we're headed for a, uh, a world religion, folks, is the promotional proof, okay? I'm telling you, they thought of everything, okay? As if what we haven't seen isn't enough, the interfaithism movement is also being promoted, listen, by virtually every single mover, every single shaker from around the world, just in case you aren't politically correct and popular like the rest of the world, and go along with it voluntarily. And just in case you learn the truth about the lie of religion causing all the wars and global warming, it's a manufactured crisis, uh, uh, they are using Hollywood, the governments around the world, even the Vatican, to educate you, to promote this lie and why you need to accept it. But don't take my word for it. Real quick, let's just take a look at a couple of people around the world doing just that. Prince Charles, he's one of them, believe it or not. He launched a new movement called Respect, okay, in order to what? to promote tolerance among the world's religions. We all gotta come together. And then of course, global warming liar Al Gore, sorry, with all due respect, says, quote, the richness and diversity of our religious tradition throughout history is a spiritual resource long ignored by people of faith, who are often afraid to open their minds to teachings first offered outside their own system of belief. In other words, you're just, you're so intellectually inept that you refuse to change. Okay, we're not supposed to change on the Bible. But the emergence of a civilization in which knowledge moves freely and almost instantaneously through the world has spurred a renewed investigation of the wisdom distilled by all faiths, right? This pan-religious, he says, or all-religion perspective may prove especially important where our global civilization's responsibility for earth is concerned huh we all got to come together if you're going to be a part of this new kingdom they're building for us isn't that awesome okay but folks he's not the only one hollywood governments even the vatican are promoting this wait till you see this one world religion and they're always bucking at jesus and what he said he's the only way let's take a look
5: one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world that there are millions of ways to be then a human being and, and many ways no but many paths oh, right. to what you call god that and her path amazing. might be something else and when she gets there she might call it the light but her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along
2: the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be on that I mean it it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides
5: I there could be couldn't a possibly
2: be just one way. What what about Jesus? What about Jesus? There not only one way. There is one way and only one way and that, that, that is possibly. through Jesus. There couldn't possibly be with because a you say of there is. isn't. There couldn't possibly be. Because you say you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie.
4: Today's opening prayer will be offered by a guest chaplain, Mr Rajan Zed, of the Indian Association of Northern Nevada.
1: Lord Jesus, forgive us, Father, for allowing the prayer of the wicked, which is an abomination in Your
4: sight, to be offered... The sergeant at arms will restore order in the Senate.
1: We shall have no other gods before
4: You. You are the one true God. The, the sergeant at arms will restore order in the chamber.
1: Let me ask you some questions about faith, which is a tough subject to talk about. Do we all worship the same God, Christian and Muslim? I think we do. It does we have different routes of getting to the Almighty? Christians and non-Christians and Muslims go to heaven in your mind yes they do we have different routes of getting there the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church its Pope is currently leading the greatest ecumenical movement in history in order to unite all religions under Rome's leadership in 1986 Pope John Paul II gathered in Assisi Italy the leaders of the world's major religions to pray for peace There were snake worshippers, fire worshippers, spiritists, animists, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, North American witch doctors. I watched in astonishment as they walked to the microphone to pray. The Pope said they were all praying to the same God and that their prayers were creating a spiritual energy that was bringing about a new climate for peace. John Paul II allowed his good friend the Dalai Lama to put the Buddha on the altar in St. Peter's Church in Assisi and with his monks to have a Buddhist worship ceremony there while Shintoists chanted and rang their bells outside. The prophesied world religion is in the process of being formed before our eyes and the Vatican is the headquarters of the movement. Is this not spiritual fornication?
0: Well, let's answer that question. Yes, it is. It's exactly what it is, okay? But again, just a couple more, that's not all. Uh, maybe you guys can, you can see that graph there. Typically, what in the past, their icon for one world religion, they have icons too, uh, is the planet with different religious symbols around it. You guys seen those? Okay, they got a new one out. I wanted to equip you with this because this is all over the media, the music industry. They're all promoting this. And this is their new symbol that they're working on. It's called coexist. If you've seen that, it's all over the place, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Supplant so that for what it is, folks. That's one world religion. We all got to coexist and work together. That's their latest icon. King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia, you're thinking, oh, these people aren't, aren't ever going to. Lo-. Yes, they are. Everybody around the planet is going along with it. He's been planning for years to, quote, find a way to unite the world's major religions in an effort to help foster peace. And he believes a new international organization will help make that dream. A reality. Uh, you're thinking that the Jewish people never go along with it. No. Remember, the Bible says they get fooled by the Antichrist. They find out the mistake they made halfway into the seven-year tribulation when the Antichrist goes up into their new rebuilt temple and says, now worship me. Okay, but they're already going along with it. Chief Rabbi Yona Metzger, one of the two chief rabbis of Israel, said, quote, we need a united relations of what? Religions, which would contain representatives of the world's religion as opposed to nations. Did you catch it? They're setting it up, folks. He said, a church, a mosque, a synagogue, or a holy temple must be embassies of God, and we have to spread this idea to our believers, and he suggested that the Dalai Lama could lead the assembly. So you get this headquarters set up, and you get this religious figure in place. That sounds like the Antichrist and the false prophet, and there's debates on who's what, but what? It's all happening right now. One more. You're thinking the Muslims will never go along. Mm -mm. Uh, Muslim figure Adnan Akhtar said he recently met... With three representatives from the re-established Jewish Sanhedrin, we talked about that our very first study. That's the major milestone in the history of mankind right now. For the first time in 1,600 years, just a few years ago, the Jewish people have re-established the Sanhedrin. That was the ruling council that was in place at the first coming of Jesus Christ. So he met with them recently to discuss how religious Muslims, Jews, and Christians can work together to what? Build the temple. Got to have a religious center for all the planets to come in. Okay, an official statement about this was published on the Sanhedrin's website where the Sanhedrin stated here's a picture of him meeting with them We are all sons of one father, the descendants of Adam, and all humanity is but a single family. Peace among nations will be achieved through building the house of God, i.e., the temple war. Who will serve? All people. All religious people on the planet will serve. Akhtar added that the temple will be rebuilt and listen, all believers on the planet will worship there in tranquility. And he believes that the temple, once you get it started, could be rebuilt in just one year. Interesting. And we're worried about the economy. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but you look at the facts, man, and we got a long ways to go, but not today. Take a deep breath. I'm about to wrap it up. These people are very serious about creating this one world religion, aren't you? Everybody's into it, all over the place, even to the highest levels of society around the world and that's exactly what God said would happen when you're in that generation, you're living in the last days. People, what more does God have to do for you and I? He doesn't want us to go into the seven year tribulation. He certainly doesn't want us to go into hell and this is why Jesus told us the truth. He is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. There's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus Christ. And all this lie and all this prep work of this one world religion is, listen, saying that all paths lead to heaven. It's not doing you any favors. What it's guaranteeing is you are going to go to hell. Yet God loves you. And out of love, he's given us the signs of the one world religion today to show us the tribulation is near. The second coming of Jesus Christ is rapidly approaching. This is why Jesus clearly said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, what we just saw. Christian, what are you supposed to do? Freak out? No, stand up, get excited, woo, lift up your heads. Jesus Christ is coming back. Our redemption is drawing near, okay? So folks, let's deal with it, correctly. We are headed for the final countdown. And so the point is this, if you're here today as a Christian, it's time to get busy. We've got to get busy laying aside our differences, not the truth, but our differences and get busy promoting the truth. Our world now more than ever needs to know the truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, please, oh God, please help them like you did with me. Heed the signs, heed the warnings, give your life to Jesus today because the last place you ever want to spend eternity is hell. Take the way out today. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the only way out Praise God, there is a way out. But take the way out today through Him. Call upon His name. Ask Him to forgive you of all your sins and go to heaven instead. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that,
3: Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at seven zero two four five two eight five nine nine, or email us at bkrone at com, or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.